The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a Breath of Fresh Air. Men of Gibeon, I, King David, have brought you here today to discuss a very important matter. For the past three years, there have been famine in this land. So I took the time to inquire of God to find out what is the reason for all of this. And he informed me, this is because of the wrongs King Saul has done to your people by breaking our oath. So we send our apologies. And we asked of you, what can be done to make this right so that you may bless the heritage of the Lord? Now, David... We have no right to demand silver or gold from Saul or his family, nor do we have the right to put anyone in Israel to death. So what do you suggest that Israel shall do for you? Hmm, let's see. Now as for the man who destroyed us and plotted against us, so that we have been decimated and we have no place else in Israel, Let seven of his male descendants be given to us to be killed and their bodies exposed before the Lord at Geber. In this episode, we delve into 2 Samuel chapter 21. The Israelites are dealing with a drought because of the sin Saul committed years ago. And now David has to avenge them. We explore various questions of justice and fairness, and we would definitely love to get your take on this matter. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right. Welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your host. I'm the guy's gay. Earl Roberts, the second. Um... Yeah, hopefully everyone had a great week out there. Hopefully everyone enjoys our content. If you do, please, 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 please share it with a friend. Share it with a friend. Like, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on a streaming platform, give it whatever rating you feel we deserve. Also, if you don't mind, take a quick break. Go to YouTube. Leave a comment. Hit the like button. Share it with a friend if you want to. We definitely appreciate it. We appreciate the feedback that we get from everyone during the week. We just appreciate people tuning in and not because like we, we make you because you generally enjoy the content and it's definitely by God, not by anything that we do that, you know, like God's, God's been great, man. God's been great. God's definitely been great. So we are back here. Um, yeah, we're back in second Samuel. Second Samuel is winding up. We are in second Samuel 21 this week. I think we only got what like three chapters left after this one. 
Man, making progress. I don't even know how long we were in Samuel, though. I feel like we were in here for, for a while, but you know. Yeah, I can't wait to get the Kings, bro. <laughs> I ain't saying I'm tired of talking with David, but I'm ready to progress. <laughs> Jimmy, man, we, 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 only had, we only had, like, you know, a lot of David. We only watch him grow up. I said, I say, bro, from first Samuel, like chapter 16 or so, I think that's David and Goliath. All the way down here. This is a long arc, but this this reminded me of when we was dealing with Moses. Moses in, in the Israelites. <laughs> I mean, we still dealing with these Israelites. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh my. What do you think got it worse? David or Moses? Moses for sure. Yeah. Easily Moses, bro. <laughs> Come on, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easily Moses, bro. David had like 20 wives a day, bro. Like David had so great. David had it so good. He find time to do foolishness. You see what I say? I don't think Moses had the time to do foolishness. I don't want to start like this, but anyway, bro. I think Moses had the time to do foolishness for him, for him, bro. Like, bro Moses had it. Moses had it so bad, right? The only time he do foolishness, quote unquote, it costs him all time to get in the kingdom. And that's only because the people make him so mad. Right. He had it so bad that he do foolishness because he was mad at the people, bro. You see what I said? They, well, meanwhile, David do foolishness because he was idle. Because he had it good. You see what I said, bro? Like, now, nah, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like, David, he a part of a list of people who, because of their, because of their actions, their life get out of them. You understand what I said? Like, not to say he ain't had a hard life because that second, that second half is rain, which we dealing with now. It just gets so much more complicated. You feel me? But we know this is as a direct um, result of his transgressions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Moses. Moses had a rough ride. I ain't even yeah, gonna lie. All, all day, bro. <laughs> all day. And I could sit here and go through it, but, you know, we, we got to get you to, to the chapter. <laughs> I don't think this chapter can take us that long. 22 verses. Let's think about Moses then. Let's think about Moses, right? Bro, I ain't talking about Pharaoh. Pharaoh won't go through everything in the book, right? That's one. Mm -hmm. And and that's just me summarizing, right? Your sister, your sister talking against you had to get plagues. Your cousin talking against you to earth. Open up. You see what I said? The people complain about food. You get mana. They complain about food again. You get quail. They complain about about water. Like three different times, bro. The water too bitter. All right, we throw the log in the water. You see what I said? It's the second time I can't remember, but the third time with the water. <laughs> must we? Must we bring water from this rock? All right, cool. After, after your cousins conspire against you and the earth open up and you say, Moses literally say, bro, if, 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 if he die a natural loving death, you know, God ain't with me. But if he dies some type of new death, we ain't never see like the world, like the, the, the world open up and swallow him up. We know this true God, right? He say all that, the world swallow him up. And then they turn around and say, bro, you made God, you make God do this, bro. Like what, what is going on? It's to the point where God himself tell Moses, anyway, bro, you see these people, they, they worshiping this cow, bro. I, I just can kill all them, bro. We can run the offense through you, bro. I can make you a great nation. I remember what I promised to Adam. I mean, Abraham, I remember what I promised to Abraham. But now nah, I can just kill all of them and I can start it over with you. You understand mm-hmm. what I say? A couple of times that happened, and and Moses and Moses chose not 
not to do that. You feel me? Chose to ride with them. You know what I mean? And I'm sure, bro, I'm sure I'm missing plenty of things because I could think about um, the snakes biting them. I could think about plagues hopping into the Israelites. I could think about the 12 spies when they was trying to kill Caleb and Joshua. You know what I mean, bro? Moses had a ride, bro. Like, you got your brother saying he just throwed a gold and silver into the fire and a cow just magically appeared. <laughs> Yeah, but Moses had a raw deal. <laughs> Moses had a raw deal. Like I can't lie. I can't lie. Hey. David, David, David tries to look jokey compared to Moses. <laughs> David tries jokey, bro. That's that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, so now we're picking up in chapter 21, like I said. Uh reading from the New King James Version. Now there was a famine in the days of David for three years year after year. And David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered, it's because of Saul and his bloodthirsty house because he killed the Gibeonites. And so, <laughs> I would be like, so it gotta happen now? <laughs> hey, and, and, and it's so funny though, because you know, God time and perfect. This might happen a long time, but God had to deal with, 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 um, with David first. You know what I mean? And now the thing slowing down. All right, now let me let me go back to the normal scheduled programming. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I know, but it just go to show that it just go to show that when God. Hold on, let me just put a pin in there. It, it's reminiscent of second, uh, first Samuel chapter fifteen, when um. When the Amalekites were being repaid, you remember when um, Saul, when God tells Saul to, to go visit the Amalekites and blot their name out. Mm-hmm. Remember Moses, that happened in the book of Deuteronomy and, and Exodus. They mentioned when the Amalekites snuck up on the Israelites as they were leaving Egypt. You see what I say, leaving Egypt. This was hundreds of years ago, you know. But during Saul's reign, God revisited the Amalekites. You know, um, in um, in the Ten Commandments, I think it's the first commandment God mentions, I visit the iniquities of children of the third and fourth generation that hate me. You know what I'm saying? But I, but he still bless people, third and gener- fourth generation that love me and stuff like that. Like These sentiments are, are mentioned in the Torah when God talks about his commands, mm-hmm. etc. You feel me? And so now, there's another example of God's keeping his promises but just at, at what we would consider as an unconventional time. Years later, David is a growing man now. This happened when David was a boy. When this a whole generation later, which like Saul preceded, um, preceded David, but not David in power. To, to David is getting affected for something that Saul do. David and everybody in Israel is getting affected for something that Saul did. Exactly, exactly. And it's a couple of things here, man. So first things first. We don't have a record in the Bible, and I could be wrong, but I remember a record of when Saul actually committed this act. Me either. I'm with you on that. So we don't have a record of when Saul committed this act, but we know it happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we know there was different. So from this week of Samaritan, there were, which I mean, it's just, I wouldn't say common sense, but it's just alluded to like, Everything that Saul did and every everything that David did, everything that Moses and the children of Israel did was not 
recorded. You know what I'm saying? Like every little thing was wasn't recorded. But we can say, okay, Saul did this thing. Second, right? To answer the question, why was killing the Gibeonites so bad? Mm-hmm. Now, if we remember in Joshua 9, I believe, when we think it was when the people kind of like they had just entered they, the promised land. Bing. And they was they was running through everybody, every, every Canaanite nation. Exactly. Clearing them out. Exactly. And then I think it's the one with the moldy, but they, they fake they had moldy bread and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But remember on the, on the back end of that, there was a promise made between God and them that hey, we just gonna watch over y'all, we're not gonna kill y'all. Mm-hmm. But think about it, this was a promise made. Hundreds, hundreds of years, ago. Of years Joshua, ago. This was during Joshua's leadership. We we don't <laughs> went through all of the judges. We don't went through Samuel, Saul. Now we with David. Exactly, exactly. So this is hundreds of years ago, but that's so. But but just what? to give just I'm sorry, bro. Just to give a little more sure. clarity, when the Israelites had entered the Promised Land, they were killing a bunch of nations, and the Gibeonites did not want to be killed, and so they acted as if they were not Canaanites, but they were from. Well, they may they may have been Canaanites, but they were not in the general area. They acted as if they were from a faraway area, and they came with food that was now moldy to imply that it had been. They journeyed months, from a long way, know, right? We journeyed from a long way, but they offered this to say, "Hey, <clears throat> let's make a truce." Now, that was problematic because God told them, "When you hey, when you get God told them beforehand, when you get into the in Canaan, don't make no truce with nobody." You understand what I'm saying? It's a judgment. We're gonna, there's a judgment that these people deserve, which is to be put to death. You all are to execute that, and that's that. But they went, they they decided to make a treaty with the Gibeonites before knowing who the Gibeonites really were. And mm-hmm. because they did that, God told them, You all, God kept the oath, basically. You understand what I'm saying? And we can see that here. These people lawfully were not supposed to have an oath. God told them not to. But because they had Israel had already, Joshua and the rest of Israel had already given them their word. Years later, Saul went back on his word and, and still killed them, which was literally the opposite of the of the treaty that they had. You know what I'm saying? And here we are. Back on, in a sense, like back on God's word too. And so, and then the next thing I wanted to point out, like the main thing, we see Israel's facing a crisis. It ain't Reign in three years. David went to the Lord, like, God, what's what's happening? Hmm. What's happening? Like, the crops need water to grow. We need I'm, water to I'm drink. Thirsty, yeah. <laughs> like, clearly, this is this is from you. And then again, this is like, I know we say it again. Like, I, I usually say it for, for um the Joseph story, like God sent the seven years of famine, the seven years of plenty. But here we see, like, okay, yeah, this was a Farming that God allowed to happen. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Blatantly, because as soon as, as soon as David asked, he told him, This is the reason why you're going through a farming, because of what Saul did whenever Saul did it. Now we have to address the situation now. You know what I'm saying? This was a covenant that I made with a certain group of people that y'all broke, yep. and y'all making me look bad. Yep. And there's consequences for that, like period. You know, the Gibeonites ain't deserved that because y'all we gave y'all gave against my word. Against against my behind my back, y'all gave them y'all word, and we keep oats over here. Exactly, exactly. I mean, because God keeps His promises, like yep. straight up. Like we can't. And here's the thing: like we if we expect God to keep all of His promises, right? Even though like He's doing that, that that's by grace, love, and mercy, just for Him keeping His promises to us. 
But he's saying, I, it's not only to you guys, I just keep my promises, period. And so now you can't be going back, making my promises come back void because of your sinful actions. Because you changed your mind? Look, <laughs> what happened? What, what inspired you to break this promise? You just was mad that day. We can't, it's like, we can't defend Saul because we don't know what was going through that man's mind. I mean, mine. Like, mm-hmm. what, ins- what possessed you, bro, to just start killing the Gibeonites? Like, what <laughs> happened? Did they, did they irritate you? Was they abs- <laughs> you, would you, did you just like, you just didn't care? You get tired of seeing them. You thought they was hiding David? Because, boy, that'll do it. That'll make him kill anybody if you think they, they hide in the fugitive David. <laughs> But you know, yeah, did Saul, Saul, you know, Saul was was tormented by some demons. Oh yeah, for sure. And so now in verse three, therefore David said to the Gibeonites, what shall I do for you? And with what shall I make an atonement that you may bless the inheritance of God? Hmm. And so it's interesting too. So now we see David going to the Gibeonites. All right. I understand that Saul made a harm to all way back in the day. And I've come to make peace with this. Like, what can I do to make atonement for this? Mm-hmm. And I just found that very interesting. Like, because I mean, I would ask God, like, what you want me to do about this, Lord? Yeah. Clearly something has to be done because we are, un- we're going through. Oh boy, something just came on. I'm going to save that point. But we, we are going through, a, we are going through something right now, Lord. And what, what, like, I came to you for, like, to figure out why, but, like, okay, now how do I address this? It's just interesting, because I'm like, okay, like, Saul killed them. I can't bring any of them back. What do you want me to do, Lord? That's true. I Do you, do I need to give them silver and gold? Do I need to give them more inheritance? It's like, how do I, how do I appease them? Hmm. But it's like, okay, God told them, what's the problem? David said, all right, cool, I know what to do about this problem. Let me go figure out how, let me go to them and figure out what, what they, what they would accept as a peace offering. Yeah. Let's see how to make this right. So, so the we Gib- can get some water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's pressure, bro. Like it's back in the day. I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting now because we're going through a point in period, a period in time when I don't know how much you pay attention to these, but you have a lot of like the Mississippi river is drying up. The Colorado, the Colorado river is drying up. And so we're going through a time of drought in a sense right now. And I mean, a lot of people ain't really paying attention to it, but it's something serious that, that's worth paying attention to. Paying attention to because, I mean, it had some serious ramifications. Mm-hmm. Serious, serious. And even back in the day, it brings up because back in the day it was even more because there wasn't too much machinery yet. I don't want to say too much. There was no machinery at this point in time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so everything really depended on the flow of water. So there's no rain. The rivers are drying up. No crops are growing. That means your food, if you don't have like a food storage, like how they had in Israel during Joseph, Joseph's time, we see, and we can see like if it, if it hasn't rained three years, they're doing pretty good. They made it three years, but now you can imagine Joseph, those had seven years of storage because they were prepared for it. Mm-hmm. If you're not prepared for this, for the famine to come, if you're not prepared for the storm to come, you're not going to be ready. And so we see the man fact that they even had three years of storage alone was a blessing. But now you can, I can imagine as the king, yo, I need to figure out a solution to this because our supplies are running thin. Our supplies are running super low and something has to be done. 
it hasn't rained for a year. Okay, we could chalk it up to just like a normal off year. Two years, something's up. The third year, no, something is definitely wrong. Let me go to God and figure out what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so in uh, verse four, the Gibeonite said to David, we will have no silver or gold from Saul or from his house, nor shall you kill any man in us for Israel. So I would have been like, okay, cool. Y'all ain't want no money. Y'all ain't want no riches. Naturally, I see why David said, but I don't see, he said, whatever you say, I will do for, but for me, I'd be like, what y'all want then? Yeah, no, it's personal. It's a, it's a, it's a bloodlust. <laughs> it's an eye for an eye type of thing. I'd have said like, what y'all want? I would say like, whatever you say, I will do for you. I'd have been like, what, what y'all want? Let me, let me hear let y'all me hear out you. at least. <laughs> see, but then guess what, bro? If you, let's say they only want one thing, right? And you say no. How that can help our water? situation you know what i mean because obviously today you wake up with a mission you know like when you're playing game and you just get little clues along the lines of oh mm-hmm. what what, you, what 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 to do who to talk to in order to complete this mission you talk to god god say hey the hint is in the gibeonites now you go to the gibeonites to find out what can be done to get your water and if they tell you something and you say no <laughs> what can happen then you know what i mean <laughs> The ball was in the Gibeonites' court on this one. Yeah, so we see David come to them humble. He didn't come to them as a king. He come to them as a servant. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, see, what, he, whatever you want, bro, I am going to give it to you because we need we need that water cut back on today. It was interesting, too, how David kept on saying that that you may bless the, the inheritance of the Lord. I just, I don't know. I just found that interesting. Yeah, but the king answered, as for the, and they answered the king, as for the man who consumed us and plotted against us, that we should be destroyed from remaining in, the, in any of the territories of Israel. Let seven men of his descendants be delivered to us, and we will hang them before the Lord and give in, 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 in Geber of Saul, whom the Lord chose. And David said, I will give them. Now, that's a little conflicting to me, bro. Mm-hmm. I hate to bring up something that I don't have a resolve for, but just a little food for thought. I do not question that this was God's will because, you know, God made it very clear that the Gibeonites needed retribution, you know? So I'm not, I'm not arguing with that. They don't want money, bro. These people want blood. They want a pound of flesh. You know what I mean? However, the person that they are angry with or the person that they want, you know, the person that caused them this harm is no more. Most of his descendants are no more. You feel me? And so I question, I question this because remember Deuteronomy 24 verse 16, the father shall not be put to death for the children, neither shall the children be put to death for their fathers. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. And now we see where Gibeon, not God, although we know God is completely sanctioning this. You understand what I'm saying? We, and we will be able to see the confirmation of that throughout the text. But the man who committed this sin is no longer. All but one of his sons. No, no, no. 
All of his sons are no longer. You understand what I'm saying? His house is his grandchildren, probably his nephews, etc. They are paying. And these people were not the king. These people had no decision in all of this, you know? So I, like, right now, just and this is just me being transparent with the part, I struggle to understand why this is the proper course of action. You know, I can understand from a human standpoint. I want my lick back, bro. I ain't taking last, bro. You offend me, I get new back. It's kind of like what we was talking about last last episode. You feel me? Our mm-hmm. people was, was killed wrongfully. We got to kill y'all. You know what I mean? That's the only way we could be even. You know? And so it's interesting. It's like, okay, the human concept of justice is just so fickle. Mm-hmm. Because what is justice? Let's just be honest. Like, what, like, what is justice? And this reminds me of Genesis. Ironically, I even went back that far, but something just came to my mind. It reminds me of Genesis, like, right before Sodom and Gomorrah, when Abraham was just asking the angel, like, would you spare it for this? Would you spare it for this? Surely you would spare it for this. But pretty much at the end, he was like, essentially like, the Lord of justice or the law will do right by the, the Lord of judges, the earth will always do right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and again, it, the reason why the reason why it's interesting to me, right, is because Sodom and Gomorrah. We say they were a wicked city. We saw what they we saw the wickedness that they do in that brief, short synopsis that we got when the angels entered into entered the city. Mm-hmm. But we saw God was still God would have spared the the nation if they at least got like ten good people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But for us, it's still it's still hard to fathom that all these other people had to die. You know what I'm saying? And then now it's a weird story, but it's and I don't want to say it's the cop over the same. We have to trust God because God is justice. And, this, and this, there's many things surrounding the details of this story that we just don't know. Mm-hmm. You know I'm saying like, we That's don't know the circumstances that Saul killed them. We don't know what led him to that, what provoked him to kill them. We just know that Saul slaughtered them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and the context, modestly, even though we weren't provided the context, should we still not trust God? Yeah, see, I know for a fact that God is just, you understand what I'm saying? So whenever, and this me, other people reading the Bible might not have this outlook, but I am fully convinced that this is a compassionate God full of grace and mercy who relents from, from, um, from giving people consequences, bro. Like I mentioned Ezekiel 3 <clears throat> before, you know, I, I was reading the book of Ezekiel recently, bro. Like a couple of times, like two things that I continue, that really strike me that I continue hearing in that book is when God talks about if a if an unjust person um, is given the truth and they tr- and they turn from from their unrighteousness, you know they'll be saved. As a, as a, the inverse is true, if a righteous person turns from their righteousness, they're gonna be lost. Another thing is another thing I, God keeps saying in that in that book is I do not take delight in punishing the wicked. Bro, I I don't know if you all think I just into that. I do not like that. I wish that people will turn away from their sins and be saved. You understand Mercy. what I'm saying? So when, people are, so when people are getting punished, I know that God is not taking joy in that. You feel me? And I accept that. And I know that this is just, but I do not have all the pieces together at, at this moment as to why this is just. 
You know what I'm saying? Because all I could see is people who were not a part of the sin getting punished. And I know that's not what God is into. God speaks against that. That's that's in the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, father and son should not be persecuted for the sins of since sons not shouldn't get persecuted for the sins of the father, father with the son, etc. You know what I mean? And so, like this, is just <clears throat> I like stuff like this because thought provoking. Mm-hmm. It, it challenge you, so it, it it's the precept by precept challenge. You know what I mean? Like this makes sense here, but if we if we throw another scripture here, does it pass the precept test? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I, Go for it. Keep going. And because I know that God is righteous, I understand that this was necessary. But the why is unknown to me at this time, you know? I mean, because we're going to see that it resolved the actions, but like even just going back on the part of like just understanding what if it makes sense or not, like we talk about Job a lot. For those who don't know, Job essentially was a person who was zealous, served God, one of God's best Christians, to lack of a better word. Blameless. Blameless in this generation, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But God allowed Job to go through severe trials. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Go through severe trials, whereas Job's own wife was something to curse God and die. And, and, And Job literally said, can I not expect the bad with the good? You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't expect all the blessings and not any of the curses, even though, even though I haven't done anything wrong. And Job, no, we didn't do anything wrong. And one would argue Job didn't deserve what he go through. We as readers, readers, I mean, like, we don't think Job deserved this. And essentially, Job has started to question God, like, almost demanded that God come and explain himself. Mm-hmm. And God never really gave Job an answer, but God essentially was saying, in a synopsis, whenever we have the Job, we're going to break this down, because there's a lot of powerful stuff in the book of Job, but is like, do you understand what it takes to keep the cosmos in order? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like your human mind can't con- can't conceptually grasp what it means to be God. You might think you understand the concept of justice, but your concept of justice is tainted by sin. So you can't possibly understand what anything truly good and right and just is. Mm-hmm. So it's it's weird because we're reading this through our lens, through our sinful lens, and 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 it's, and it's hard to and it's hard to rationalize. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to rationalize, but we have to. We have to trust that it and it's just even when it's when it's disturbing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't make when it don't make sense to me. That don't mean it's unjust. You feel me? Like that's just what it boiled down to. And it's like, so when, funny because like last episode, I'm sure I'm not the only one out there who had had no problems killing a massa. <laughs> that sounds that sounds bad when you say it out loud. Yeah. But what's the it's difference? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost like what's the difference because. Just because one feels justifiable doesn't make it right. And the reverse can also be true. Just because something can't be justified doesn't make it wrong. Mm. And it's and it's it's a hard concept to grasp. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Well spoken. Well, that's only the Holy Spirit. I can tell you that. <laughs> and so it, it's so funny because I want to make light of the verse that come in next. I don't feel like I can make light of it anymore. But <laughs> in verse 7, the king sped Meshibosheth. Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan. Right. <laughs> just, just in case you got it confused. Yeah. The son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because the Lord's oath was, was between them, between David and Jonathan and the son of Saul. And so just here in verse seven, I'm starting to get the concept of what this chapter is really about. Like, 
the importance of these oaths that were made. Mm. Because naturally, again, in our justifiable man, who would be the first person that should be worthy of getting off with? Oh, you want you want people from Saul's house? Think mm. about it. They didn't even really say all of Israel because it would be an issue. Like that would be an easy. Y'all kill us. We just want seven of y'all. That's a, just a true eye fire. They're saying, nah, we want the people from Saul's house. They want specifically his, his blood. So who not better to offer up than Mephibosheth? Mm. Like this Saul's direct grandchild. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But David would but the, 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 say, nope, I have a very, I made an oath between, between me and his father that I would protect his household. God's binding that oath. I'm not offering him. I would have might offer up Shimei. I ain't even going to lie. <laughs> but he was very contrite with Shimei. And Shimei came and repented, like came and repented and offered up like, you know, his apologies and was sincere about it. That's bad him. Shimei can get his things, bro. No, oh, is this coming? <laughs> no, Shimei can get his things for sure. <laughs> not in this what? book though eh? Not in this book though <laughs> yeah, We can wait Yeah, we can wait. We can King's wait. got a lot in store mm-hmm. So the king took Armoni Armoni And Mephibosheth Not to be confused with Mephibosheth Right Because I was confused Because I, I, was, I was very perplexed I didn't even go a lot of first time I was just like So but Did you just say you wasn't taking Mephibosheth But you take right, Mephibosheth Going back on his on your word, <laughs> okay, quick like that. <laughs> but yeah, so he took another Mephibosheth, um, the two sons of Rispa, the daughter of Aia, whom she bought to Saul, and the five sons of Micah, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Mehelothite. So, so, so Saul had two sons named Mephibosheth. He had a grandson named Mephibosheth. But it's a Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, whom she bought to Saul. That's what I'm saying. So Jonathan's Mephibosheth was Saul's grandchild. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. He had a son and a grandson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. yeah, yeah. Well, I keep forgetting. I, I, for some reason in my mind, Mephibosheth, the grandson, Jonathan's son, mm-hmm. was the next of kin. For some reason, but he had sons alive and well. Yeah, it, but it's it's kind of weird just because it's like in throne wise, it would have it should have been like you know Saul, Jonathan, Mephibosheth. Yes, these other sons they just they fell by the wayside. Yeah, you know they what I'm saying? Very illegit- illeg- illegitimate. <laughs> sure, because remember, bro. Because remember, Ishmosheth come and claim the king. We was we was wondering if he was legitimate or not, right? Mm-hmm. But after Ishmosheth died. Ain't nobody even think but these two. Now, mind you, they might have been young at the time. Who knows? But ain't nobody even think but them. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, that's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. They, yeah. They might, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So in verse 9, pardon me, he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites. And they hanged them on a hill before the Lord. So they fell, all seven together. And were put to death in the days of the harvest and the first days in the beginning of the barley harvest. Man, I just wonder how defeating it would feel to know that, yeah, I, I got chosen for this purpose. Boy. It ain't no getting out of this. You know what I'm saying? Like the king yeah. saying, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you, 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 
yeah, and rest of y'all to make seven. Come with me. <laughs> We're going on an adventure. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I, it's like, I don't know if to feel honored or to feel betrayed. I'd have been mad, bro. <laughs> I'd have been so mad. And you see why the, the Benjamites don't like David, bro. <laughs> this ain't helped their case at all, bro. But you see how they say they hung before the Lord. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like, to say, like, this was for God to see the justice. So, you know what I mean? Because obviously they hang before, like, everything is before God, you know, but this was actually, uh, like, a retribution. This was David, them saying, hey, God, we make you see me making it right. You know what I mean? But, and, and two, so I just was, like, reading up, right? And if we go back to Deuteronomy 21. Okay. All right. Mm. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, he shall be put to death and you hang him on a tree. Okay. And so, and his body shall not remain in the tree overnight, but you shall surely bury him that day that you need not defile the land of which your God has given you as an inheritance. For he who hanged is accursed to God. Oh, yeah. That's the curse set. Yeah. It means so we set. see. That these descendants were cursed because of what Saul did. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so they did the Gibeonites, because remember, they did accept to take God as their God as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they did this to they did they they carried it out the Israelite way is what I'm trying to get back to. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a little Gibeonite thing that they did, it they did it the Israelite way because this is what they it was an Israelite practice that they carried out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like so, their own their own law kind of when Saul broke the curse, I mean broke the treaty, he put a curse on his family. Indeed. And as a result, they had to die the way that a, the accursed died, dies. You understand, which is by hanging. Yeah. Coming it, together. The picture coming together. Yeah, I, I I just put that together. I didn't even think of that ahead of time. Yeah. Um so in verse 10, now Rispa, the daughter of, man, I'm, I'm sure I'm pronouncing this, this, this lady's name wrong, but the daughter of Aiea took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on the rock from the beginning of harvest until the late rains poured on them from heaven. Mm. So remember how this chapter started. There was no rain for three years. Mm. So, what we, so what we just saw now, right? The Gibeonites got a hold of the accursed, hung them on the tree. And we'll be singing in the, and they hung them onto God. And we just went through in Deuteronomy where, where this, where, but there, what they did fell in line of how the accursed were to be treated in an Israelite tradition and law. And now we've seen the very next verse, what's happening. Rain. Rain. That's the end to the famine. So we see what they did. God approved because now there's rain. Mm. And it's, again, it's, it's a book in the Bible, book in the Bible, it is a book, but it's a chapter in the Bible that really just makes you like think and process all the little clues because again, it, it's easy to just say like, this is unfair, what, what, what's happening to the seven people. But it's also interesting to say that it's also was unfair to the Gibeonites that also had their guard down when their king came and slaughtered hundreds of them that I'm sure. taking. So it's like, again, 
our concept of fair and justice is warped by what we're seeing right now. We're saying this is not fair, but it also wasn't fair for people who said, you know, we should be protected from this, but you're killing us. Mm. And, and, and so it's just, I, I just want to just make sure we emphasize that it's our concept of justice is just flawed. And it's a very hard concept to, to, to do, especially when it's a one-sided story, but we do know that, Hey, the Gibeonites were slaughtered and they should have not been because they were protected by a treaty. So it's, it's 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 a it's an interesting one and it's a very interesting conversational piece to say the least. Right, and we could see where God's justice was was um fulfilled. We could see what side of the conversation God leaned towards and accept mm-hmm. with all of that. But this is a very nuanced situation, as you mentioned. Yeah. So um, where was I? It just started raining, so I didn't have. Bing. So I was in the I was I was in the middle of verse ten. I didn't finish it. And she said, do not allow the birds of the air to rest on them by the day, nor the beast on the field by night. And David was told what Rizpah, the daughter of Aia, the concubine of Saul, had done. That's still interesting, too, because I'm like, at what point did this story happen? Yeah. uh, (laughs) Because. Yeah, you know, that's interesting, though. That's very interesting because. Um. I don't know, bro. Like this story feel like Joe, but like it's there, but it's like no timeline. Like this is like, like, is this happening before any of this stuff happened? Like what just happened, what we just went through or is it happening after it? But because I just feel like the the concubines of Saul, if you're David is old age, they should already be, I wouldn't say dead, but. (laughs) Yeah, if David old, and you have a Saul concubine. Like. Wait, are y'all immortal, bro? Like, are y'all still around, bro? But uh, not to be funny, right? But, but, at the, and you see in this chapter, you see they talking about the Philistines, bro. Yeah, right? we about to be about to talking about them in a bit. Yep, we about to talk about the Philistines. But in, in in Chronicles, this story about the Philistines when they meet the Philistines, this they mentioned this right around the time when David was fighting the Ammonites, bro. All of these is like preceding chapters, like right one amongst each other. Now, obviously, Chronicles, they don't go into David's transgressions. They don't go into the messy stuff that happened mm-hmm. to his family. They, they just strictly stick into conquest. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so who knows, bro? Who knows when this happened? <laughs> like, this is interesting. Uh, yeah, it, it, it just, yeah, it had me think. I was like, when? What's the timeline here? Hmm. And it's also interesting, too, because... Some could argue that's not the main focus of this chapter. You know what I'm saying? We kind of see what the main focus of this chapter was, but like the timeline, some would say probably not even, even not even that relevant. That's not the main focus here. True. So then David, reading from verse 12, then David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan from the men of Jebesh Gilead, who had stolen them down from this from the street of Beth Shan where the Philistines and hung them up. But the Philistines had struck down Saul and Gilboa. So he brought up the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his sons from there. And they gathered the bones of these, of those who had been hanged. They buried the bones of Saul, Jonathan, his son in the country of Benjamin and Zillah and the tomb of Kish, his father. So they performed all that the king had commanded. After that, God heeded the prayer for the land. Which is also too, because I'm like, yo, you, you just getting the bones of Saul and Jonathan. I would feel you've gone done that a while ago. A long while ago. And I'm saying so it, it again, just 
that's the time. Like, what is the timeline that this happened? But do you have any like thoughts on that part of the story? I mean, but you know, he might have just get them born star piece to concubine though. He might have not really even been concerned with them once. Probably. You know, or maybe he, he, <laughs> me, he might have not have been in a position to, to get the bones, ask them for the bones, and they oblige. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? I mean, at the end of the day, we do know that God was upset because of the oath that was broken and the curse was put on Israel and, you know, Saul. And, you know, they had to make retribution for that. Yeah, um, go for it, finish. No, no, go on, go on. I just wanted to say, like, too, like, this reminds me, I guess you should say my main point, too. It's like how verse 14 ends, and after that, God healed the prayer of the land, and how I interpret that, and I want to give you a different interpretation. It's not that God wasn't answering their prayers, because, again, we don't have the timeline of the story, but we just know at this point in time, for whatever reason, God was like, I need to address this sin. I need to address this sin now. Why now? Again, Earl can't give you the answer. I really don't know why it was at this particular time, God was like, we need to address the Gibeonites, what the Gibeonites were going through. Who knows? They might have been praying hard, and God was like, yep, definitely need to address this. And in God's infinite wisdom, he knew when it was the right time to address this sin. You know what I'm saying? Because it didn't like when the Gibeonites were getting started, God didn't know. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to make it seem like God was oblivious to the fact that, oh yeah, it's about time I addressed this sin, like I forgot about it. No, God just said, okay, at this point in time, I'm going to address it, and David's going to be the one to address it, not even Saul. Hmm. Why again? I don't have the answers for you. But it, but this reminds me of when, like, remember, boy, going back to Genesis a lot tonight, but remember in Genesis when Moses was about to go back and free the Israelites. You know what I'm saying? Like about to go back to Pharaoh. God had just given him instructions like, yeah, I want you to do this. You're going to be the one. But it was like right after that, an angel of the Lord came ready to kill Moses. Yeah. And even when we did the point, we were like, what happened? What just yeah. changed? Why didn't you address this earlier? You just was talking to him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the God was like, okay, oh, you didn't do you didn't do something that you were supposed to do a while ago. Yeah, but now it's time for me to actually address this right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in God's infinite wisdom, he knew the time when he needed to address it. And it's just proof too, because God was just talking to Moses before. See, he was just answering the prayers of Moses before that, but he was just like, Yep, oh, your child isn't circumcised. We need to address this right here now. Same thing with David and the Israelites. He was answering their prayers, but he was like, Oh. Yeah, y'all need to address this sin, this elephant in the room that no one's addressed before I continue. I can't act like everything is good when my promise was kept and no one seems to even yeah. act about it. And and I'm even wondering too, if David knew, That's but just didn't also just didn't do anything about it. Like that was under Saul, not my problem. I ain't going to deal with it. I ain't going to touch it. I ain't even going to address it. And God was like, yeah, no, buddy. You had your chance. Now you need to actually address what happened. Yeah, because, you know, what we do know about God's patience is that God gives us time to repent, Mm -hmm. make things right. You understand what I'm saying? That's why Saul was promised that his kingdom was going to be taken away, but it was years later. You understand? David was on the run for a while. It was a time when David was even in the Philistine line for over a year. It's like 18 mm-hmm. months. 
So you know what I mean. So God promised that promise all your your, your kingdom going to be taken away, but it wasn't immediate. A lot of things just ain't immediate. God promised Adam and Eve that you will die if you eat of the fruit of the fruit. Adam lived to be nine hundred and some. You know what I mean? Like like th- these things don't be immediate. But uh, uh, like <clears throat> what we do know is that when God prolong or God give us time, He given us opportunity. You know, he given us opportunity to repent, to um, confess our sins, to make things right. And that might, that's probably what the case was because God saw it fit that the whole Israel had a feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, anyway, the whole Israel got a feel, bro. And that made me to believe that David was aware. <laughs> like, I, I, like I say, like, like I say last episode, bro, like, the way news used to travel back then, people didn't really used to be retaining things like how they re- like how we just don't talk about certain things. Like I feel like everyone, it was just natural for everybody just to sh- share everything that they just found out about. Like just just talk, like you know, <clears throat> just talk about it because you know, there's no newspaper and thing back then. I don't know if they had a a way that they used to tell the news to everybody, but people were informed, and that's just how it is. Country and, um, courier, keep going. Yeah, that's just you know, however they gotta do it. And um, so I find it hard to believe that people were killed, oaths were broken, <laughs> and you don't know about that. Now David was on the run. Now you might have just not know at the time, because that might have been during that time. But if it wasn't, if this happened when you was a boy, everybody know that Nate. You probably was thinking, yeah, that was wrong. You know what I mean? That was wrong, dog. But what I could do. You know, but you could do something, huh? And then you probably thinking, oh, that was so long ago. You know what I mean? And I, <clears throat> right. And so we see God come to David and show David, you got to handle this. And, unless you don't want no water. That's a f- <laughs> <laughs> the choice is yours. That's a fuck. That's a fuck. And yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. It's just interesting. And now in verse 15, we get a whole story switch. Yeah. <laughs> We reverse the, we, like, we change, we change, we change gears. And this also, and seeing that this part of the chapter makes me believe if the two are connected, which, which I, it's just no way to confirm or deny that. Mm-hmm. But, like, this one makes you feel like, okay, this was, like, in the latter part of David reign. And we're going to get into why. So in verse 15, when the Philistines were at war with Israel again, David and his servants went down with them and fought against the Philistines and David grew faint. Hmm. This, this would imply, okay, David and his elder years. Right. And can I keep up in, well, let me rephrase that. He cannot keep up in battle anymore. His body can't do what it once used to. Hmm. His, his sword swing ain't as swift as it was. His defenses ain't as sharp no more. He ain't killing ten thousands no more. His no, going down. no, he he he's struggling with tens now. Right. <laughs> then Ishbai Benob, who was who was one of the sons of the giant, that weight the weight of his bronze spear was three hundred shekels. Who was bearing a new sword thought he could kill David, mm. so he saw right, some sweet. weakness. In this once strong king who killed my descendant Goliath. I think I yeah. I think that was his brother though. 
no, no Super Bowl. It's like three giants died in this thing. One was Goliath's brother. Right. But then I think that you see, they say sons of the giant. Mm-hmm. I think the giant was Goliath daddy. Mm. You see what I said? But we, we, we can see, we, we, we can talk. That could be a little nice talking point too. <laughs> Try to deduce. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but I'm a shy. Well, you'll be, you know, no, you know, you be giving Joab a hard time. You, you don't go that hard for Abishai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, came to his aid and struck the Philistine. Abishai just as bad, though. <laughs> Abishai just as bad. <laughs> and, and, and killed him. Mm-hmm. I can imagine him. Unk, come on, man. Oh, You're making us I, look bad. look <laughs> bad, And then the men of David swore to him, saying, you shall go out no more with us to battle. At yeah, least you quench the lamp of Israel. Yeah, go, 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 go. <laughs> King, you are becoming a liability to us mm. on this uh, field, this battlefield. It would be better for you to just leave it to us now. Yeah, you slow us down, though. We are pre- well, and then it's more stress. Yeah, like, and then if, then if y'all kill the king, what to do now? Do we just automatically lose the battle because y'all kill our king? You know what I mean? Like, how do we continue from there, bro? Like, that's a really good question. Like, I always used to wonder that. Like, okay, if the king dies in battle, what are we still fighting for at this point? Y'all win. Because, <laughs> like, unless we kill your king, if your king ain't out here in battle, then that ain't looking good for us. No. Like, what now? We have to go back and figure out if we can at least stop you. I guess we have to stop you from actually conquering our city. Right, because we can need a leader. Nah, like we got a lot to figure out. We vulnerable now because we don't have a king. Exactly. People being ambitious and all type of disarray and un- being unorganized during this time. Yeah. You can't lose you. you can't lose you in battle, David. You might as well just stay home, bro. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sir. It's it's time for you to retire from the front lines. Yeah. Your time as a warrior in battle has passed. You did good. They were singing songs about you for, for decades now. Yep. Is a we all got to get all at some time. Yeah, yeah, true. Father time is undefeated. So, David, <laughs> it's, it's your time. Yeah, you fought time. a good fight. <laughs> you got to come off the bench now. <laughs> oh, my. So, and then they say, at least you quench the lamp of Israel. So, I, I, I'm assuming they consider David, like, the lamp of Israel. Like, God was guiding David. And by God, that guiding David, David guided Israel. So, the lamp, you know, guiding the path on which Israel was to walk down. Mm-hmm. That's the next argument if he did a good job or not. But, you know, in verse 18, now it happened afterwards that there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. And, whoo, Shebekai, hmm. the Hushatite, killed Saf, who was one of the sons of the giant. All right, there's another son of the giant we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, there was a war in Gob with the Philistines where Ilhanan, the son of Jerah Orgjim, <laughs> the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, who was yeah. shaft. The shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Okay. Interesting commentary there. So that's the third, that's the third person, that's the third giant yeah, killed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yet again, there was a war in Gath, where there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in number. And he was also born to the giant. Right, so there's four sons of the giant. 
Mm-hmm. And we know one of them is the brother of Goliath. Correct. You understand what I'm saying? So if they all have the same daddy and Goliath have the same daddy, then, you know, we could, we could deduce that these was Goliath's brothers. And their father also was a giant. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, why we just don't cut this off from the source? Why we just don't kill... See, I, you know, these, these last couple of podcasts have me sounding so dark. But why I just don't... <laughs> just like, the giant's obviously a problem. Let's go, let's go and kill the giant. But that's the thing. We killed Goliath, right? And, we, and he was a part of the army, and we going about our business. But now, these Goliath little brothers probably, or just his brothers in general, they want to avenge his, him. Mm-hmm. But they they ain't, they ain't just coming right back. These people waiting 20, 30, 40 years, like like let's say let's say 20 something years later before they try to to, to get you, um Jerusalem. This is for my brother. You understand what I saying? They might not even know. I mean, they probably did know he have because it's hard to hide a giant, you know what I mean? Fox. Fox. <laughs> but um I guess I'm not saying we only got like two verses left. So let me just like, I guess, finish read this. Mm. So when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimei, David's brother, kill him. Mm-hmm. But David's brother's rhyme still in him. Oh, I tell you. And these were four men born to the giant of God in God and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. Mm. And so if we remember way back in first Samuel, right? When there was one giant, mm-hmm. the army of Israel was shaking in fear. That's true. Because the, the king at the time didn't even want to go out and battle against the giant, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the king, y'all tell them retire from the front line, mm-hmm. but in the face of four giants, y'all saying, well, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got this. And, and, and the reason why I bring it up, it just really shows like how the king already set the tone and the army's trust in God. Cause they, like you see, they, in, the, in verse 21, yeah, he defiled Israel. Jonathan was like, yeah, okay, you got to go too, bud. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't no hesitance. It wasn't no like shaking in their boots. It wasn't no quivering. It was like, uh, that's all y'all got. And then think about it. Jonathan was one of the people who was scared back then. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, David only had older brothers and all of them was in, was in the army. Now, exactly. As, as for Shimei and them, we didn't know where Shimei them was because Shimei them was the group of scoundrels, quote unquote, or whatever you call them, misfits that, that come follow David when he was in, in the cave. You understand what I'm saying? We ain't really here with these brothers before them. But Jonathan, we know you was one of them said who was scared back then. Mm-hmm. Ah, look at you. Look at the growth. You killing, <laughs> you killing a giant one-on-one. <laughs> Exactly. And then his nephews and well, his nephew and then the two other guys who just round. But just it just really shows the growth of this, but it just shows the example that David already set. And you know, the king had no fear because in his old age, as we can see, we're still up there trying to, you know, swing his saw and they was like, hold on, but your time has come. Let we got this. Mm-hmm. We got this. But the example we already set give was gives us the confidence to carry on and do this thing. Because if this was, I want to say five decades ago. We would have been shivering. Yeah. So that's just that's just interesting. And and I mean, here in chapter 21. For me, it was interesting. Like, for one, like what we just saw, like the growth in the Israel army, and just like kind of, we know we wrapping it up second Samuel. We only got about, I think, with three verses, three, three more chapters left at this point. So we can see David's coming down to the end, but 
it's just interesting one seeing the example he was set and how it really just you know inspired the army and where the army is to the to the place now and then for me the beginning of the chapter it just dealt with like again we, we mentioned this earlier in, in the episode but it it dealt with several stuff like just makes you think it was one of those chapters that made you think like okay what is justice and how do our human minds rationalize the concept of justice mm. because we perceive good and evil through our lens we think some I, I, again we find ourselves thinking things are good when they're bad and we find ourselves thinking things are bad when they're actually good because our knowledge of good and evil is warped you know what i'm saying like we think we're like gods but we're not fully like gods because we don't have the full understanding that god has and that would be hard for some people to accept they might give me a lot of pushback on that statement especially a lot of people saying we are gods we're gonna get in that we're gonna get in that debate on another day but it's just it's just interesting and it shows that like our ways are not god's ways you know what i'm saying and things that we understand it's it, it it's it can get challenged at any point. You know what I'm saying? Even reading the Bible, like, okay, that this, does this make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, does this make sense? And also the, the, the importance of the promises that we make and the oaths that we make. We see, again, this is an oath made to these people 400 years before David's time. You know what I'm saying? Centuries ago, Saul broke it decades ago, but that oath was still important to God. You know what I'm saying? And if we can still hold on to that promises because God made us directly many promises in the Bible. And if we see how seriously he took this promise, I personally say we can safely assume he takes the other promises that he made to us equally as an equally as like he all those equally as there. You know what I'm saying? So like he really wants us to trust that, you know, his words not return, return unto him void. Like, again, we don't know how long it took the Gibeonites to get there retribution we have no idea when Saul did it we have no idea the timeline that lagged until David gave them retribution but God said you know what I, I haven't forgotten my oath to you guys and I'm sorry that things happened that went against this oath but I'll make it right and it might not be in the timing that you expect it to be but overall my timing will be perfect and some can argue if it's perfect or not but God's saying you know, my timing will be perfect so I guess that's my brief takeaway from this chapter. The Lord keeps his oaths and he encourages us to keep ours as well. In the following chapters, we uncover one of David's Psalms that was recorded in the book of Samuel and we also get to read his last documented words. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next week.